Hello, thanks for choosing the Looms and Me podcast. I'm Looms, and if you're anything like me, then you're probably doing a pretty passable job of adulting. So I hope this series helps you as much as it's helping me. We are all about growth and realistic self-betterment, both in our personal and professional lives. There's something new every single week, so if you like this episode, then head to looms.me for more. This week's topic is one that I wrestled with quite a bit, and it wasn't necessarily because of the sensitivity of it. Yes, it's a very personal issue to me, and it's one that I wasn't sure I wanted to share, but also, I'm still very much on this journey uh, that I'm going to discuss with you today, and it's a journey that is probably going to continue for quite a while. I'm, I, I don't pretend to be an expert on any of the stuff that I talk about. The purpose of this podcast isn't, for, you know, for you to hear somebody who's got it all figured out. You know, the purpose of the of this podcast is for me to share what I'm learning so far, what I'm picking up along the way in the hopes that it will help somebody who may also be on a similar journey. Now, many of us were raised to think that you could either be actively looking for a partner, aka begrudgingly single, not interested in looking for a partner, so intentionally single, or somewhere in between the two, constantly justifying why you're currently not swiping despite being very single. And the narrative that those are our only possible states of existence, I feel, need to get in the bin. And I'll be exploring why in this week's episode. So before we get started, I should point out that I will be using men as examples and sharing my experiences as a woman, but if you live and love differently, then these principles will likely need a little bit of seasoning to match your experience of the world so far. And whether you're single or you love someone who is, then I, uh, I hope you find this helpful. Now, I've always been really irritated by questions about my dating life, and that's, most of that is down to the assumed truths about what it is to be single and what it means to be single in this day and age. Things like something is lacking in your life, therefore you are by default incomplete no matter how fulfilled you personally may feel about your life as a whole. You, you see this in rom-coms, for instance, where women will give up their entire sense of ambition and any sort of professional goals all for love. And another assumption could be that you've either given up or actively failing at something, aka finding a man to love you. Or if you're single and actually happy, then you clearly don't want a man, you only want cats and wine. And if you're single and miserable, then if you find a man, it'll definitely make you happy. Now, these truths and assumptions are everywhere in our everyday language, and they're played back to us on this constant loop in, in the stories that we tell, on screen, off screen, all the way through to how our government policies are designed. And even our loved ones will feel the need to reassure us with various loving but very misguided platitudes. And I'm going to list a few here. I, I sat down and wrote every single one that I could remember, either having said or having had said to me. <laughs> Is that a sentence? I'm unsure. But this is a whole list. And if you can think of any that I haven't mentioned or I don't mention, then please do let me know. So they'll say things like, oh, don't worry, it'll happen when you least expect it. Or have you tried XYZ app? 
You'll find someone. I'm sure of it. You have so much to offer. Maybe don't be so picky. I didn't fancy, insert husband's name here, when I first met him. Try to keep an open mind. Now, bear in mind that this, that this is normally said by people who truly deep down believe that any man is better than no man, regardless of how painfully uninspiring that the man in question is or the date you've just been on was. <laughs> it's always, oh, keep an open mind. Are you sure you're going to be okay spending Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever holiday alone? I don't know how you're still single. And also, no, we don't know any single men to introduce you to. Sorry. This is just a handful, but I'd be very interested to hear what else people are being told that I haven't come across yet. And again, I should say, I've said a lot of these things before to other single friends. If you are out there... (laughs) And anything like me, then you've probably said the same thing to people that you care about, too. We're all part of the problem. That's the point I'm trying to make. We're all guilty of this. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I know questions about our dating lives tend to come from a place of love and, you know, wanting you to be happy. And people just care about you and they feel like this is what you do when you care about people. I even started a series on my Instagram called How's Your Love Life Looms? And it was basically a way for me to create an outlet to share just some of the less fulfilling interactions that I was having on the dating apps. And, you know, it's quite lighthearted and quite comical and all that. But if I'm completely honest, I think I was trying to preempt having to deal with questions about my dating life. It was sort of like a way to say, see, I'm trying. I am trying to meet someone, but, you know, it's it's hard out there. And don't ask me about it because it's I'm having a really tough time with it trying to find some sort of humor amongst all the distress. Yeah, I just was trying to avoid questions about my dating life. And through all of this, I I failed to check in with myself on my own feelings about my ongoing singledom. Until now, that is. And I can hear people who subscribe to Stoic Mentality saying, oh, these are all, you know, my own thoughts. And I'm having a very specific set of thoughts in response to these sort of questions. And the questions are objectively just a neutral combination of words. But I feel like that's a little bit too simplistic. And yes, the questions themselves are just questions, but they carry the entire weight of of society's teachings about what counts as a valid whole life for a woman. Any little girl will tell you, you know, if you ask, say to her, what's a whole life, what's a valid whole life for a woman? And she'll tell you it's marriage and babies. So no, these, these thoughts aren't just my own thoughts. They're, they're all of our thoughts. And I would very much like to unsubscribe, please. We all should, frankly. So what's the new narrative then? How should we be thinking about what it is to be single in this day and age? Honestly, there's, there's pros and cons to being single, just as there are pros and cons to being in a relationship. And it sounds mad to have to spell it out, but I feel like we forget so often. If you live your life thinking that one is better than the other, then you'll just end up wishing your life away instead of doing what actually makes you feel happy today. And singledom isn't something that we need to tolerate or endure or make the best of until we're released into a relationship. I had that so wrong for so many years. I I treated being single like it was a hurdle that I I had to overcome in order to get happy as part of a relationship. 
And, you know, in doing so, I devalued my present day happiness because I still hadn't met a man yet. And with that unmanaged thought pattern and, and that language I was using, you know, endure and challenge and tolerate, I was just missing so much of what was already so good in the moment. So I decided to change the whole thought pattern and I started to think about my single life as a whole entire life of its own. So the journey began at that point when I made that decision to stop thinking about being single as something that I had to overcome or get through and started thinking about it as a very valid life as it is right now. So how did I do that? Well, step one was that I sat down and I identified all the things that I've been putting off for this imaginary future relationship I was going to be in one day. And I really recommend that if you've never done that, you sit down and you do that you know, because it's such an invaluable tool for reflection. You know, I love reflection and, you know, I love tools and frameworks. Um, So I put together a collection of questions, which I think at this point, if you've listened to the other episodes, you'll know I love a question as well. But I feel like these are, again, more thought starters, ways to kind of help you start putting together this list right? If you can't think about, or if you, if you don't feel like there's anything that you're putting off, ask yourself these questions and see what comes up. So what are the things that you love doing, but you only do when you have a date? What are the things that you love, but won't allow yourself to enjoy until you're someone's other half? What could you do today, but you don't do because you'd rather do it with a partner? How different would your life be if I told you that you'd never be in another relationship again? That last question had me shooketh, if I'm completely honest, because someone said to me, what if I told you that you were, that this was it for you, that you would never meet somebody? How fundamentally, how would you change the way you live your life? And it made me realize that it just, not realize, but it made me reframe some of the choices that I was making, right? Like, would I, what would I do differently? What would I change? Would I stop going to see my friends? Would I stop going to parties? Would I stop traveling? Would I stop trying new things? And the answer was no. And that was one of the more pivotal moments for me in changing the way in which I was viewing the way that I was living my life. Anyway, those are the questions if you are single. But if you're in a relationship, you can also play along What were the things that you decided to delay until future you got a man? And are you keeping those promises that past you made to future you? That could be a fun little exercise if you want to play along. Hopefully, the list that you make will highlight things that you love, but you don't allow yourself to enjoy because you've created some arbitrary rule for yourself about when and how you're allowed to be happy, as if life isn't hard enough, right? But making the list might also bring to light the various different narratives that you're subscribed to. So you can re-examine why they're in your head in the first place. Again, being honest, for me, (laughs) I discovered that I've been telling myself that I can't be too joyful in singledom because it might scare off potential suitors. And the narrative that apparently I've absorbed, and remember, we're not about shame here or about growth. (laughs) You can't grow until you're honest with where you are right now. The narrative that apparently I had ingested was the damsels in distress narrative, right? If you're a damsel in distress, then you're a lot hotter because men have to feel needed in order to want to be with you. (laughs) 
you know, uh, Brene Brown says that the enemy of shame is light. And I thought I'd feel better after admitting that so publicly. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a process. But p- shining light on the stuff that we're not too proud of is it's the start. It's the start of what I'm hoping will be a healthy, long, fruitful journey of self-betterment. Realistic self-betterment. <laughs> Here is uh, an excerpt of my list so you can see how irrational my own list is and hopefully that will make you feel safer about embracing your own list and you'll realize that you're probably not alone with whatever it is that you put on there. I realized I was saving my favorite perfume and my poshest candle for when I had a date. One of my favorite TV shows, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the cast started doing a podcast where they are all re-watching every single episode and then talking about the episode as part of their podcast. I'd been basically putting off re-watching them until I was in a relationship where I could re-watch it as part of introducing it to somebody else, which again, is completely insane. Uh, once I put that on the list, I realized that I was being like silly and I started watching it along with the cast and the podcast is so much better when you've just also watched the episode that they've just watched anyway that's that's on the list as well Rewatching all my favorite shows uh other hobby that yeah hobbies that I'm keen on that's another thing that's on the list hobbies I'm keen on but I don't actively pursue because there's a very low chance that that there'll be eligible men there so things like sewing or women's racing, bike racing, which is something that I started to do recently, again, because of this list. Things like candle making, all, all these things that I genuinely feel like I would enjoy, but I don't really prioritize because it's unlikely that there will be eligible men there. Another thing on the list is getting a dishwasher, even though when I told people that I was going to get a dishwasher, say people, the older generation, parents and aunties and old neighbors, the question was, well, you are just one person. Why do you need a machine to do your washing up? And my response, of course, was because I don't like to wash up. And so I'm going to get this dishwasher to do the washing up for me. And I can sit back and do other things with my time. More valuable things with my time, like talking to you guys. Another weird thing on the list is wearing non-wedding rings on my wedding finger because it's bad luck. One of my favorite rings only fits on my wedding ring finger and I, I never wear it. And so I started wearing it on my wedding ring finger and it looks beautiful there because it's my favorite ring. Really, the list goes on. Once you have your list, how, how do we, where do we go from there? What's, what, what comes next? How do we all start to put this in action? I've broken it down for what next steps could look like for you if you're single and what next steps could look like for you if you're in a relationship. So if you're single and you're feeling a bit frustrated or fed up with trying to meet someone, ask yourself, here, more questions are coming, (laughs) but ask yourself, why am I so focused on just that one piece of my massive life? What do I think finding someone will add to my life that I can't generate for myself right now? And once you've asked yourself those questions, go through your nice long list of delayed joys and pick something and go and do it. The best case scenario, you're happy and then someone comes along for the ride. Worst case scenario, you're happy. It's, it's win-win. And then if you're in a relationship or you have single women in your life, 
don't proactively ask them about their love lives again without first asking yourself, what do I believe deep down about what it means to be single? How do these beliefs inform my responses to whatever their answer is going to be? So-and-so hasn't mentioned their dating life to me in a while, so why am I bringing it up proactively to her? Am I equipped to have a conversation with my friend that does not perpetuate the patriarchal, I can never say that word, perpetuate the patriarchy's narratives that we've already decided belong in the bin? Without the platitudes I listed earlier, you know, oh, you'll find someone when you stop looking or trying to keep an open mind, all the, the favorites. Without those platitudes, what can I actually add to this topic that I'm bringing up with my friend? If all of that sounds like a lot, the best thing for you to do is probably let her bring up dating with you instead of voluntarily trying to get information from her or bringing it to the forefront of your interaction with her, at least until you feel prepared and equipped. The journey, I think, to dismantling these old beliefs is not easy, but I really do think that deep down, in fact, I know deep down that it the journey is going to be worth it. You know, I truly, truly love this very whole single life of mine. And I, I hope that one day someone great will come along for the ride. And if they don't, either way, I'll be pretty happy. It's safe to say. And if you're a friend of mine and you'd love to know how my dating life is going, then be prepared for a really fun conversation about the patriarchy. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. If you made it this far, you're a legend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. There's a new episode every single week. Tell your friends. If this resonated with you, then share it with somebody that you care about. And be sure to check out the show notes for anything that we talked about today, where I'll be sure to put in any additional information. Thank you so much.